What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Boston Three Party. Uh, today we have myself and Gio, and we also have a special guest, um, member of the Lovecast, Max. How you feeling? I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Yeah, we're super glad you can join us today. So figured we can just jump right into it. I mentioned last podcast at the end, I said, hopefully we come back on for another episode and we're talking about we're happy how the Celtics made that certain move. And that's mm. exactly what we're talking about. We added Brogdon. We added Gallinari. Uh, so we'll start with Max. How do you feel about those moves for the Celtics? Well, the, like those are A-plus moves, in my opinion. Um, at the start of the season, or not the start of the season, start of the offseason, those were two guys that were on my list for who I wanted the Celtics to get. I figured it would be about two players that we're going to add, probably no more than that. Um, we still have that TPE to work with, and we can get into that later. But these two moves are really good. They addressed the the two uh, things that we needed to address the most. We needed a ball handler, and we needed someone that can take the scoring pressure off of Tatum and Brown uh, when we get stagnant on offense, which happens way too often with us. So. Now we have Gallo, who is just an extremely efficient, like 12 to 16 points every night, doesn't move from his spot. He just gets his buckets and does his thing. And then we also have um, Brogdon, who is a high-level ball handler, an insane shooter, and a pretty good two-way player as well. Um, not going to lie, we haven't seen him play in so long that it's going to be hard to yeah. see, like what to know what we're actually getting. But on paper, we're getting a really, really good player who fits really well with what we're trying to do. Yeah, no, I love the signings too. I think, um, like on the last podcast, it actually happened live when Dejounte got traded to the Hawks. Oh yeah. So the first guy that I wanted was Dejounte, but I honestly feel mm -hmm. like Brogdon's, you know, maybe not the same, but like still a great player for the Celtics to pick up. And I feel like they were able to get him for a lot cheaper than what they would have had so to go cheap. get Dejounte for. Because like mm -hmm. I saw the trade, and I was like, I feel like we're not even going to really feel like we're missing the guys that we traded no offense to them obviously but and the other thing too is you give up like a couple picks but if you're planning on being a championship caliber team those first round picks are going to be late first round picks anyway so mm -hmm. i think they did a, a great trade with the brogdon thing and like you mentioned with gallinari just a great off the bench score i feel like gallinari is similar to portis in the sense that every time portis plays the celtics i feel like he like rips us apart Yep. I've got that same feeling with Gallinari whenever we played the Hawks. So now that we have him on our team, I feel like it's going to be like a lot more enjoyable to watch him play. So, Gio, how do you feel about those guys? Uh, yeah, I completely agree with everything that you guys said. And the only caveat that I have with Brogdon is that I think because we got him for a little bit lower, he has had a bit of an injury problem. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we'll have to factor that into, into him. And, and as long as he's on the court, I think we're going to get pretty much our worth honestly even more and looking at Gallinari that's exactly what we needed off the bench as well because us being so stagnant as you were saying earlier Max is just it's such a pain to watch it, it just makes you want to just <laughs> scratch your eyeballs out it's it's terrible so hopefully that can help alleviate that and honestly a perfect free agency for the Celtics so far I completely agree Brad's Brad hasn't missed like in all the moves he's made they have been positive I got the the only thing you can argue is that that unprotected first round to the Spurs could be dangerous down the road. But guess what? Those are moves that you have to make in order to contend. And we contended because yeah. I don't know if contended is a word, but we can we did is. contend. <laughs> we did contend because of Derek White and that trade that they the Spurs weren't going to give us Derek White without that unprotected first. So 
you got to make you got to make moves like that and brad just hasn't missed he's 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 hit on everything he's been awesome another guy that always kills the celtics is is uh bogdanovich on the hawks he all it's him and gallo go yes, off yes dude and every, it, every single time every single time and um yeah i i do want to get into that a little bit like you were saying g uh the the injuries on brogdon are very scary and there is not to be pessimistic but there is an issue where um the celtics could be an in injury trouble uh, i mentioned this on the couch but they played more basketball as a team than any other team other than the warriors and that that's a lot of wear and tear on guys and especially how intense all those games were and if anything they actually played more than the warriors because they had like two seven round series or as a game six and a game seven series before um, making their way to the finals, the Celtics had one. So they have a lot of wear and tear and we have a couple of players that are not very um, injury resistant. Like Robert Williams is very prone to injury. Al Horford's getting up there in age. So he's going to become more injury prone. Uh, Smart is injured very often. Brown's injured a lot. Tatum has had his moments. He actually could be injured now. And that could explain why he played like he did. And Brogdon's an injury prone player. So, not to be not to be a Debbie Downer, but there is a scenario where we get a little we we could get the injury bug and that could really derail this team, which would be unfortunate and might happen because we had such good injury luck last year. Yeah, no, I agree. I was looking at it earlier and as much as I love the Brogdon trade, I mean, rookie year he played 75 out of 82 games since then in five years, he's missed 133 games. I mean, Whoa. we're looking at last season, he only played 36. That's less than half the year. So is he even the same player? I hope he is. I think he will be. I mean, and yeah. also his style of play. I don't. I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like his style of play isn't like he needs to be like insanely athletic or like extremely healthy. Like he's a guy that can go out there and it's almost like sneaky athletic. Like you wouldn't yeah. expect him to to make certain plays. But like I remember, uh, he had like a dunk on like LeBron one year, like a while yeah. ago. But I remember that. But yeah, no injuries. You make good points. I mean, especially with like Robert Williams and like you said, Al Horford's getting up there. Like they, there are some injury scares. Hopefully, with the moves they made, they're so deep that like maybe if a guy goes down for a couple of weeks, they are able to kind of combat that and continue to be like a top team of the East. The fact of the matter is, they have to be healthy in the playoffs. And so maybe if you know they have a couple, uh, you know, injuries in the middle of the season, they can kind of, you know play through that and able to still be a top team. And then in the playoffs, if they're all healthy, I think this is a team that can make it back to the finals for sure. Yeah, and I agree. And, and for the price, you have to take that. You have mm-hmm. to take Alexander. Exactly, yeah. He fills up so many of the things that we needed as a team. And also another part that I really like about him is I think he's going to mesh into like the defense and like mm. our mindset very well. Whereas some other players, maybe, maybe not perfectly, but I do think that he, he fits into that role to a T. I completely agree with that, Gio. That's a very good point. He he embodies that, that spirit that our team goes for. And what I love about the Celtics team is that we have an identity now. For so long, we were yeah. stuck in that, what's what I call NBA hell, but is really NBA purgatory where you don't have an identity and you're just kind of stuck. Like there are teams right now, like what's the identity of Portland? What's the identity of San Antonio? Like what's the identity of the Pelicans? There's not a lot of teams out there that, the teams that have an identity rather, they make an impact and we now have this identity of being a tough grit and grind team. And I love that. And like you said, Gio Brogdon fits in really perfectly with that. Um, I just wanted to ask, how do you guys think we're going to use Brogdon and or Gallinari? Um, I mean, I don't know whether they're going to, you know, take them off the bench or like what they're going to do. I do have to say, I remember seeing um, 
he must have already gotten interviewed after the Celtics trade because I remember seeing someone tweet about how Brogdon said he's ready to be on a title contender and he'll do anything it takes to win, which obviously Love great it. to hear. Obviously, yeah. So it, he's making it seem like he's willing to be a guy that comes off the bench, be a guy that starts whatever they need. I originally, when the trade happened, thought it would be him running the point, and then we have Smart, Brown, Tatum, and Williams, and we go a little small. But mm-hmm. they could also take the option of you know going big and still starting Horford and having Brogdon come off the bench or something like that. Um, I don't know. It all depends. Probably going to depend on matchup, and like we just mentioned, injury is probably just going to depend on who's healthy. So. Yeah. I like that. And then Gallinari, like you mentioned, just the guy off the bench can come in and score. I mean, we, you saw how much better the Celtics were when Grant Williams, obviously Grant Williams can defend. When Grant Williams had those games where he was able to score, you saw how much better it made the team. So to have a guy now where maybe his defense isn't as elite, but he can come in there and you know he's going to score off the bench, I think that's going to be a, a good for them. So that's where I see them fitting in for the Celtics. Um, so for Brogdon, I would say his role and his bi- biggest impact is just going to be as a ball handler. And I think he'll be able to get us into the right sets that we're looking for. And then also, you know, as I was saying before, just fitting in with that defense and honestly making it look seamless. And then for Galinari, I just think a little bit of help with, you know, sometimes our offensive consistency on the bench can can be a bit rough. And so with his veteran presence as well, and I think like with Pritchard and stuff and, and Grant, I think that could be a solid bench, not a great bench. I don't think that's ever really been our thing for a little while, but I think it can be enough to where it's not a weakness anymore. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, hopefully we don't have to watch more stagnant Boston basketball because although Gallinari is stagnant in the way he plays, he gets buckets and um, yeah. it's better than watching the Celtics, you know, just either dribble off their foot or, you know, take a horrible 24 second three, you know, like just a we like a weirdly set up play that doesn't go anywhere. Those were the plays that just we could have avoided very easily. And now we can't avoid them with uh, both Brogdon and Gallinari. So great pickups for the team. Yeah. I mean, I think the Celtics are the most hot and cold team I think I've ever seen. Yeah. They could score 45 points in a quarter. They can like literally, they got outscored 21 to nothing. And in one spurt in game six of the NBA finals. And I feel like throughout the playoffs that happened a lot as well. Like for example, game one against Miami, that third quarter, they got outscored like 20 points unanswered. So, you know, to have guys that they bring in Brogdon's, you know, the past couple of years, he's been nearly a 20 point per game score. I don't know if he's going to still score at that rate, but I mean, he's going to score and Gallinari as well. So I think that, you know, in, in terms of watching them literally go 0 for 12 and the other team outscores them by almost 20 points, I think these guys definitely will help that type of situation because I think that was the Celtics kryptonite was literally they would just go cold for like a whole quarter, even for just like a six-minute stretch, and then that's the game, you know, so. Yeah, that's how we lost game five against the Warriors. We were, look, we, with like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, we could have been, up 3-1 going back to Boston, but instead we turned around and lost that game and we were like up 21 with 10 minutes left. So like you said, just hot and cold team. Hopefully they bring a little bit more stability and consistency. Do you guys feel like anything else needs to be added to the team? I know Tori, the last podcast mentioned, he wants kind of like another big. I know there's rumors about like Thomas Bryant. I don't know if that's still a thing anymore, but do you guys feel like there's anything else that Brad needs to do? Or like if we go into the season with this team, are we content and we think like this is enough to win a championship? 
Um, yeah, so I, I like that Thomas Bryant name. Um, I, I really, uh, I want like a uh, backup insurance for like uh, Robert Williams and Al Horford and Danilo because they're the, the, all three of those guys, like Danilo and Horford are getting up there in age. And uh, Williams obviously is very injury prone. So we're going to need someone that can be a backup big for us because if you think about it, our depth chart is um, we got rid of Tice. So it's Gallo, Horford, Williams, and Cornette. And Sam Hauser is kind of like your your utility guy, but that's not a great big core. So adding another big would be awesome. And if we could, adding, you know, I've heard names like Malik Beasley or some, some someone like that, someone that we can use our TPE on because we still have our TPE. It doesn't expire till like the 21st, I believe. Um, so there is potential for us to add more. I don't know if we'll actually end up using our TP or if we'll add anyone more because Brogdon had like a $22 million a year contract. So I think we're getting kind of close to the luxury tax. I don't know if we'll actually like get into that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we're probably over it. So yeah. So I don't know if we'll actually add anyone because I think they're probably worried about going over money wise, Mm -hmm. but I would love to see them add, uh, like a Thomas Bryant, like you said, or Malik Beasley. Yeah. Gio, you think there's any more moves to be made or is this team ready uh, to win a championship? Uh, yeah, I would just say like a backup big just to strengthen that rotation a little bit, as you were saying, Max. But I think overall, other than that, I think the team is is ready to go and is well constructed to, to come in stronger because I was a bit worried with how all the other teams were stacking up their, their rosters and making big moves and not saying that Celtics necessarily needed a big move. We just needed some of our big problems addressed. And I think that we did that. So mm. I think this team's ready to go. Yeah, no, I'm super excited uh, to watch them play. Anything else you guys got uh, about the C's or are you guys ready to move on to uh, other teams for agency? Let's talk some free agency. Let's do it. One guy that is getting a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, I guess, media attention for the thing that happened with him was Jalen Brunson. I mean, mm. everyone said, I feel like it's torn. It's either people think it was an amazing move by the Knicks or people are like, he's way overpaid and it wasn't worth it. Um, but like, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys feel about that trade? Cause that's definitely one that's gotten a lot of press. Well, I think if Dallas had brought him back at that number, it would be overpaying for him. But I think like the Knicks, you know, it's not, they don't have like who what what do they have you know that that gives them another piece um if you optimize him correctly he fits really well with RJ Barrett um personally i've said it many times you need to get Julius Randle off that team he has very little trade value so i don't know how you're going to do that because his uh his contract's so high that you're going to want to get a player like players that have the contract that he has are much higher value than he is so it's going to be hard to get a package together for him because I just don't think he has a lot of value for a lot of teams just because he's overvalued. And um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think the Knicks needed something to like get them going, get a little spark. And Brunson gives them that. And Brunson's a good player. He played played in the Western Conference Finals. And, you know, he, he, we saw him do that this season with Luka. And, you know, he can score at will. He's a good player. And he can fit well with Barrett, like I said before. I mean, like, what else are the Knicks going to do? They're they're stuck in, like, draft purgatory where they keep getting these, like, 11, 11th to, like, 
15th overall picks. Like yeah. you're not going to change your franchise with those picks. Um, you're going to either need free agents or higher picks. So, I mean, they, they're trying to make a splash and they got moves to make, but at least they're doing something. That's true. And I think it's similar to like, obviously a Celtics fans are like obsessing over Brogdon because he's such a good fit for the team. I think it, it really matters about the fit. Um, you know, if, if, every team in the league was willing to pay Brunson like the 26 mil or something like that, that he's getting, it would look overpaid, but I, you know, he does fit well with the Knicks. I have to agree with that. And uh, I'm interested to see now that Luca or he's not with Luca anymore. And maybe he takes on the like more of a uh, ball handler role. See if he like is able to be a better playmaker, if he's able to score even more. Like I'm, I am interested to see what happens and who knows in the long run, we could look at that uh, signing and be like, damn, like that was a, that was like a bargain for him. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that if the Knicks are trying to change it and they feel like that that is their guy, then I think that was that was the price that they were going to have to pay. I think maybe too. I think they realized that they had no shot at getting Donovan Mitchell. Because <laughs> um, like, I remember there was like rumors about Mitchell maybe going to the Knicks, which I never thought was actually going to happen. But maybe they were like, well, if we can't, you know, sign the the star like Mitchell, then we have to do something, you know, so. Yeah. And I think like the infrastructure of a team is extremely important and success of individual players and that infrastructure that the Knicks have, it's really made for uh, Brunson to be good. Like he's got his dad involved. He's got, you know, uh, this, uh, I forget, like the agents involved that have been working with him his entire life that were his dad's agents. Like, there's a lot of Knicks infrastructure that directly deals with uh, Jalen Brunson. So if he's going to be successful, it's going to be in a place like uh, the Knicks. So hopefully he can be successful because I like when the Knicks are good. I don't want to see them be bad. Yeah. Like the Knicks are fun when they're good. I would rather them be good than most other teams in the NBA. So hopefully they can get back on track. I mean, this is the start of you got one piece, right? You got we know he can be like, I would say he's definitely good enough to be one like one of your big three on a title team potentially um but yeah i i I just think that he's a he was a great pickup for them yeah funny you mentioned uh his dad who's getting an assistant coaching job there i don't know if this is true but i saw a post uh today saying how uh the knicks are gonna get like in trouble for tampering uh to get jalen brunson which i thought was kind of funny but i don't know yeah that's pretty funny he uh i like i mean it makes sense because that we knew that was happening like four days before it happened so yeah it was if, obvious if that's not tampering i don't know what is um yeah yeah i wonder how the mavericks feel about it too you know i think for like Jalen brunson and his future to leave a guy like luca i mean i think anybody would like to play with luca yeah these days so i don't know if that was the correct decision for his career but if he wants to be that leader and take the helm of the Knicks, then I think that's the way. But also from the Mavericks perspective, you think that it was okay just to let him go or did they make a mistake? So, I mean, like, I think it would have been overpaying, um, especially with adding Christian Wood to their roster. I just don't think they have Mm -hmm. the money to like pay Brunson what he thought he was worth and what he actually was worth. Like, I don't think they could have hit. I I think he would have stayed if they could have offered him like a market value contract, but well, actually, I don't even know if he would have stayed if they could have offered him a market value contract, but I just don't even think they could have done that. I think they would have had to underpay for him. And um, I don't know if he would have taken that. And then 
Also, I, I do. I don't know if Luca is the most fun to play with because he's so. I was gonna say that too. Yeah. He like I think it's it might be like maybe he's one of those players like you know he's a winner and you know he's such a talent that like I would be willing to go there for like you know the opportunity to to go to a finals or make a run and get some wins but he doesn't seem like he could be the most fun to play with just because it's a lot of ball dominance and not a he's a great passer but it's the Luca show Luca has the ball in his hands 24/7 and then you just kind of work around him so some players don't work like that but some players are optimized in that position so okay. that could be okay. one of those I understand what you're saying that Jalen Brunson isn't he kind of needs the ball a little bit more than yeah what was happening there yeah i agree yeah I agree. yeah cuz he's considered a point guard right and so Luca's a point guard also so it's like you have two point yeah. guards on the same team like what is there's really no need for that i guess when you really think about it but so. luca has like some of the highest usage rate in the nba like if you watch a dallas mavericks game it's get the ball on on defense when whenever they get the ball they get the ball to luca and then luca does everything he brings yeah. up the floor and he facilitates the entire offense and i think brunson wanted that role a little bit and now you're going to see him sure, it's, yeah. it's his show it's not it's not going to be rj taking the ball up it's going to be brunson and i like that because rj is really good but i like i like rj off the ball and he's a good cutter too. So it'll be interesting to see how it works. Yeah. No, that's I'm interested there too. Um, some other guys that we can move on to, obviously the humongous names in uh right now with everything happening is Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I mean, yeah. I think I've heard things about how like trade stuff has slowed down for them. I think what happened, we can get into this trade as well after, but the Rudy Gobert trade, I think opened up like so many eyes to like how valuable Kevin Durant actually is and how many like first round picks he can actually go for. Cause I mean, the amount of picks that Gobert went for is ridiculous. It kind of reminds me of the Matt Stafford trade in the NFL when like he went for like a bunch of first round picks and stuff like that. And this was around the time when like Deshaun Watson had requested a trade. Obviously we all know what happened with Deshaun, but yep. everyone was like, well, shit, if Matt Stafford is worth that much, then how much, how many first round picks is Deshaun Watson worth? And I think that's similar with what's happening with KD right now, which I think is kind of like halted trade talks, but I don't know. Uh, what do you guys think? Like if they're even going to get traded, should they get traded? Would it be the best for them? And, but I'm interested to hear what you guys think about those guys. Well, it's funny. DeJounte Murray actually set the market because he got traded, yeah, he got traded to the Spurs for like three picks or four picks or whatever. And like, that kind of set the market, but then Gobert, like they, the Jazz or um, the Timberwolves, ridiculously overpaid for Gobert, and yeah, we can like get into that, that trade a little bit later. But for me, why do the Nets have to move KD? Like, what do what do they owe him? They built that entire team around him, and he dips. He wants to dip within the first year. It sounds like all they did was try to do what he wanted them to do. If I'm the if I'm the Nets. I don't give a fuck where you want to go. I'm not trading you to Phoenix because you want to go there. I'm trading you to the yeah. team that's going to give me the best package. And what I think is probably going to end up happening is they're not going to find a package that they want because from what I heard is they want Booker. Obviously, you're not going to trade Booker for, for Kevin Durant. I wouldn't do that. The yeah. Suns don't want to do that. And then they, they're not interested in Aiton. And Aiton's a fascinating case as well because he's a free agent. So like, And he doesn't yeah. want to go to Phoenix. So where he's still out, he's still out there. Like there's still, there's, there's still DeAndre Ayton available. That is a very, very good player. And at this time he's probably underrated, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I think what will most likely happen is we see this happen every year where 
a random player that we don't we're not even thinking of or a team that we're not even thinking of it becomes disgruntled and asks for a trade and then my guess is that's going to be um what happens with KD in terms of Kyrie I honestly think they might do the Westbrook thing and if I'm the Nets Me like too, yeah. get Kyrie the fuck out of my facility I don't care at least at least Westbrook gives a shit although like sometimes it's he's a he's a negative on the floor at least he shows up to work and cares. Like that's better. That's more than you can ask for out of Kyrie. Kyrie at this point is a locker room cancer, and he kind of destroys. Like he just kind of destroys teams. He did it with the Celtics. He did it with Cleveland, and now he did it with the Nets. So I'm getting him out of there. I would do the. I would take that Westbrook trade, as shitty as it may sound. I don't care. I just want Kyrie out of there. His value is a zero. All you can get is that Westbrook trade, um, and then I'm just gonna wait on Kevin Durant and hold that chip until something good comes becomes available for me i agree with what you were saying with the kd but also with like the willingness as to whether they should like say oh you want to go here 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 and then do that but at the end of the day it's what the nets need for the future of their team they've done everything they can to kevin and at the end of the day they gotta look forward to their future because i don't think they have a lot of firsts coming up so yeah, you know, there's not a lot to to build on here. And with Kyrie, I also agree, like ship him, get him away. And I think the only yeah. team that will work with Kyrie is, is going to be LeBron. LeBron will have to get him in check because <laughs> that's the last time that he actually was. <laughs> exactly, so good point. Yeah, no, literally, typical KD too, right? Literally requesting a trade to the two number one seeds. Like I know, and it's interesting because. I don't really know the reason for this, but I remember seeing something about how um, they can't trade out for Adebayo because for some reason Simmons oh. and Adebayo can't be on the same team. I don't know, Max, if you know like yeah. the reason so for that. The, I remember seeing the that. CBA has rules where one NBA team can't have multiple players on your um, max rookie contract extension deal. So, for instance, yeah. Ben Simmons signed his max, ex- max rookie contract extension. So did Bam Adebayo. They can't be on the same team. It would be like we can't get Bam Adebayo on the Celtics because Tatum and Brown are on their max rookie contract extension deals. So, yeah, and you also couldn't have you couldn't have Bam on Phoenix because Booker just signed his his extension. So, um, that's just it's just a weird CBA rule where you can't have those two players. That's why they couldn't trade for Adebayo because, like I said, Ben Simmons is still on that deal. So it affects like what they can do because they have like each team can only have one of those guys and they already have one. So it's yeah. going to affect what they do. That's interesting. Cause I, I literally never knew that. I didn't even know that was yeah. a thing. It's a weird CBA rule. Like there's so many different rules and the luxury tax, like NBA's finance is very strange. Um, and it's all over the place. And like, for instance, the Clippers have like, they've spent like $106 million on two players. And then they're at like 160. It's, they have a crazy financial situation because they're, um, they're, owner steve bomber like is a he's like a hundred billionaire so he has money to spare so they kind of can dip into the luxury and overpay like they paid for john wall now they have canard on an expensive contract they have the morris twin on the on an expensive contract norm powell is expensive covington's expensive and not to mention pg and um Kawhi. like that's a very expensive team so the nba financial situation is very strange but yeah, that that just I know that's a little long, but yeah, that's the answer as to why. Um, yeah, you can, they can't have Ben Simmons and Bam Adebayo on the same team. No, it's interesting. Do you think they move Simmons, or do you think they just like keep him at this point? I don't know what the fuck they do with Simmons. Yeah, I can't imagine he has any value. Um, 
like i can't imagine like it there was reports that he would show up to practice and then just like sprint like or not sprint but like do jogs and stuff like i don't know where he is um mental health is not a, is not is like a serious it's just hard you know it's not one of those things that is very well understood right now and it's hard because if your injury is mental then like how do you fix that and yeah if a guy doesn't love the game or a guy is mentally taken out of the game that really affects all aspects of the game because the reason michael jordan was great above his like given talents and athletic gifts was that mentally he didn't crack under the pressure and not everyone's built that way and maybe ben simmons isn't built that way and that's fine but you got to figure a solution out for that because you gave up a good amount of assets for him and you got to figure out what to do with him hopefully they can get him back and hopefully he can be good because at this point like i want to see ben simmons do something good because i just i i hate seeing teams like fall apart like this as much as i wasn't a big fan of brooklyn and i'm not a huge fan of kyrie like i still like basketball and i still like ben simmons and i, I want to see him like just playing well i guess yeah I but for ben simmons i would just say like he's making all this money yeah and like this is your job at the end of the day and i understand like mental health and stuff and all that but I think a part of it is just really from how hard social media is on. Yeah. But we are we asking too much? No. Mm, we just want to do his job that so many other people have done. Like Brooke Lopez, for example. Earlier in his career on the Nets, he was not shooting threes. He was a yeah. post scorer. And yeah. now he, he can shoot like near 40%. It's yeah. possible. He yeah. has he has everything at his fingertips to be able to be successful and you know an aspect of that can be his mental health but an aspect of it is him not trying and from what i've heard i mean we saw this at lsu he quit on his team in lsu too so there's a history with him i mean i wouldn't put money on him being i don't i, I don't even know if i'd put money on him being a player in the nba anymore like i wouldn't be surprised if ben simmons just went away because i don't know if he loves the game anymore yeah, I don't know if he loves the game anymore. For that matter, I wouldn't be surprised if Kyrie just retired too, because he's weird yeah. as hell. Yeah. I thought he was gonna retire like last year, but all right, everyone. So for this segment, we're gonna be doing something that if you consistently watch sport sports podcasts, you've definitely seen this done before. Uh it was also done in the webcast, so check that out. But uh we're gonna be doing some NBA Who Do You Rathers. So uh, joining us today, we have Max Still here, and we have TH. How you boys feeling? Very good. Great. good. Yeah, I'm excited good. to talk about this. I feel like it'll be fun. So keeping it kind of on the Celtics theme, the first guy uh, that I have for Who Do You Rathers is Jason Tatum. So I'm going to list off some names, and then if you'd rather have that guy, just say Who Do You Rather Take. So first up, Paul George. Tatum, definitely. Over Paul George, for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm to swing Tatum. Um, PG's awesome, and maybe I'm underrating him right now, but uh, I think, I think uh, that, that the kick in the balls that Tatum has from this finals loss, I'm really going to be high on him coming in, and uh, I'm excited to see what he does. I'll probably go Tatum as well. Um, I think they're very like I think Paul George and Jason Tatum are very similar. I think yeah, very similar offensively. I think Paul George maybe still has Tatum defensively, but Tatum's been improving defensively every year he's been in the league. So I don't really see a reason why that would stop. Uh, it's hard because we haven't really seen Paul George play a lot. He's kind of like him and Leonard have both been kind of out a lot. So I think some people are kind of forgetting how good Paul George is, but I think I'd still go Tatum. Uh, a lot of people yeah. also underrate coming back from injuries and everything. I mean, Paul George has had his fair share. 
obviously proved that he can come back from a hard injury like he did when he snapped his leg and, you know, came mm-hmm. back, played for OKC and had an MVP year, but still, you know, he's kind of coming to the end of his career um, in terms of his longevity, uh, especially for a guy that, you know, is as athletic as he is and takes the jumps that he he takes. So, you know, especially for this upcoming year, I have a feeling that Tatum's going to have a lot more of an impact being a younger player. He's has, he has, he is a, I think, more complete offensive player, uh, Tatum is, than Paul George. Um, I think Paul George is at that level, but right now Tatum is a, a lot more prolific scorer. So, you know, Tatum over Paul George, 100%. Um, I think also for me personally, like Tatum could be a number one on a finals team, or he could also be a number two or three. Um, just the way he plays, he could fit in really well. I'm not sure if yeah. Paul George could be a number one on a finals contending team or even a finals team or like a, a championship team. Um, obviously Tatum, we don't know if he can be a number one on a, uh, championship team. Cause he hasn't done it yet, but you can't underestimate that path that they had to go through to get to the finals. And it wasn't, it, it was looking good for them in, at the finals in the beginning. So, you know, I, I just, Pacers, I think Paul Tatum's, George can never get it done. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah Paul George, I mean, Paul George. George has never been to the finals. That's a good point uh, that Max brings up. He's been to the Easter conference finals. He's never been to the finals. He, yeah. he's, he's gone all the way to there, but. And granted, um, Tatum didn't have to go up against LeBron, who's a whole another animal. True. But you know, True. they took KD, Giannis, um, uh, Miami oh, team that maybe was a little, maybe shouldn't have been there, maybe could have been there, but you know, and maybe was a little depleted. But you know, Butler's a great player, so I, he don't he forget should. rookie Jason Tatum took LeBron James to a seven game series. He did. Yeah. Yeah. He did. yeah. I mean. Yep. You never know, but you know that's like 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 uh, Max said. This this uh, this season will be very uh, interesting to see. I mean, I I, I was going to bring it up at one point. We I, I said before uh, the final started that I wanted to see how uh, Tate, finals Tatum did, and uh, yeah, I mean, let's not talk yeah. about that. I mean, there, there, but, there I mean, was, that, um, but if you look at moments, but. If you look at players in the first final that they played, and it's very notorious that a star player doesn't have a good first finals. LeBron, yeah, true, like very even true. you know. So, uh, but then next guy is uh, Paul George's teammate, Kawhi Leonard. So Jason Tatum or Kawhi Leonard? I'm gonna take Kawhi Leonard on this one. Very uh, interesting player. I I would say maybe a hot take, but I'll take Kawhi Leonard on that. Um, okay, this is purely not anything basketball related, uh, purely basketball. I'm taking Kawhi. Um, still one of the most complete players I ever saw. Um, the, the 2019 Raptors, the Kawhi was just unstoppable, both ends of the floor, but I want someone who's going to communicate with my team. Kawhi doesn't do that. He, no one knows what's going on with him ever. He's always doing his own thing, which you can respect. But if I'm trying to run an organization and a team, I don't want my star player off in La La Land doing his own thing. I want this team to be a team. And I think Tatum's a better teammate, maybe a little bit easier to play with. And Kawhi's amazing. He's one of my favorite all-time basketball players, and he's a better basketball player than Jason Tatum. But in terms of team building and being a, success, a successful team, um, I'm, I'm not going to take Kawhi. Even though he has the resume and he's won, I just, I don't know, this stage of his career, he seems to be older and when we get older we tend to do things we we tend to be, become aware of um how we're spending our time and stuff and i just believe that he's going to look out for what's best for him which is what we have to do to survive so i respect that decision but in, i have to do what's best for me i'm not going to build my team around Kawhi. yeah um you know to go off of that uh i 
I completely agree with the fact that I do think well, there's certain aspects of the game that I think Kawhi is better than than Tatum and or Tatum at uh, his championship level defense. I can't really pass up on. Um, he's been proven ever since you know second or third year in the league on the Spurs back in 2014. Uh, he won Depoy that year, I think, as well. Um, he just uh, that was a, a performance uh, in that finals was to me defensively like I that that was crazy. Um, and it kind of, I mean, I can't really speak for how he uh, communicates in the court. Um, you know, obviously I know that we see or we can't really see him talk because he doesn't really have social media or anything like that. Uh, you know, guys like LeBron, they have those platforms and everything. I, I won't say it wrong, Max. I'm just saying, you know, he's he's won a finals before. Um, he's won two finals before. I just, I have, I feel like, you know, winning those two finals, there has to be some sort of, communication that you have to have on the floor uh with your team and i feel like he has that to an extent um, oh yeah but i i completely get what you're saying with like it's just off the floor he's not yeah i don't understand what i mean nobody knows what if he's hurt nobody knows when he's gonna come back he only knows when so yeah yeah i i would also i mean oh i'd probably take Kawhi, and and i think mac makes a good point with uh like the whole locker room thing and Kawhi basically being a robot and not really saying anything but i think there's pros and cons to that i think us as celtics fans even we sometimes complain about jason tatum kind of getting in his head during games kind of you know uh you know john off to the refs instead of like focusing on you know a defensive player or something like that and i think you don't really ever see that with Kawhi because he's so even keeled so i think there's pros and cons to Kawhi's personality versus tatum's personality and i think Kawhi, just uh the two-way player that he is i, I don't think i can take tatum over Kawhi. Uh, so. I, I love Kawhi, better basketball player if um i just i can't stand or I, it's just difficult when you don't like he did this in san antonio you didn't know when he was injured um maybe they rushed him back maybe they didn't but i what divides teams is when a player has an agent with them and they're working with their agent. It's what's happening with the Lakers. Now clutch is running that team. There's like seven clutch clients on the Lakers roster and the clutch just has, they, they make the trades there. They're basically GM, the GM and you see how that's going for the Lakers and yeah, Kawhi does his own thing, sticks to his people. That's fine, but that's not how I want to run my team. That's all. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Let's try to run through a uh, rapid fire a little bit. Some of these guys. Yes. So next up we got Jimmy Butler. Uh, Tatum. I actually, I'm going to take Butler on this one. Butler's a fucking dog. Um, Tatum's probably a better all around basketball player, but Butler wouldn't have done what Tatum did in the finals. Yeah, no, I think I'm, I'm leaning Butler too, just because of his mentality. I love his mentality. And uh, I know some people find it a little bit, maybe a little bit annoying, maybe a little bit harsh, but I mean, that's like why everyone loves Kobe. Kobe. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I I legitimately can't, I think Jimmy would definitely have performed better in Tatum's shoes. So I can't argue with that. So I literally can't. No, that's good. All right. Uh, Next one, we got Devin Booker. Jason Tatum. Still, for sure. Tatum, and it's only because of yeah, it's only because of his um. Booker also folded. Um, he folded in the Western Conference Finals. Couldn't hold a couldn't handle double team. I love Booker. I'm a huge fan of him. I just think you're looking at if you look at put them in a lab next to each other, two basketball players. Um, if you look at what they could potentially be if they hit their max, uh, and they peak at the right time, Tatum will be a better basketball player just because he's got the height and um longer arms 
better build for basketball. That's why I take Tatum. He basically has the playmaking skills just as good, if not better than yeah. Yeah, and he's better he defender like than Booker. Booker as well. Better defender. Yeah, yeah. I think I just better think Tatum. Like the thing with Booker is everyone uh, talks about how good of a scorer he is, and I think Jason Tatum is on par as good of a scorer as Booker, along with doing everything else better on the floor. I think he's a better playmaker. Obviously, a better rebounder because he's taller, and a defender because he's like more lengthy. But I mean, yeah, I'm definitely going Tatum on this one. Because so like dog, Booker. yeah, yeah. Um, next one, John Morant. John Morant. Oh, really? I'm taking Tatum. Uh, I love John Morant. I love him to death. But the man does not know how to land, and that's a thing he needs to learn because it's a real issue. Like Derrick Rose, that's what I'm worried is going to happen to Jaw. If if you watch him play, he just goes. He goes for these dunks that don't that, like, I don't know if he could hit them. He's trying to dunk on yeah. two guys, and th- that, those dunks are awesome. But you need to worry about your career. Like, you're, you're up thirty. You don't need to be trying to dunk on two guys. You need to worry about your career. And he's just too competitive, which is unfair for me to say that and then give the praise to Jimmy Butler. But I really love Jaw. I just am really worried about those injuries. And but the 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 type of like, it's not like he plays like Chris Paul, who can age really well into the league um, and plays slow stuff like that. He doesn't play like that. He plays very fast, balls to the wall, and that type of play, especially at his height, 6'1", he's taking a lot of battery from just everything, bigger players hitting him all the time. I, he doesn't, he's not, I don't know if he's going to age well, and that's what scares me off about Ja. Great player, though. Huge fan. Yeah. No, I like watching Ja, but Max made a lot of great points, and something else that I wanted to bring up is you look at the Grizzlies' record without Ja, and they're arguably, I wouldn't say they're a better team, but record-wise, they're arguably a better team without Ja. So... I think if you take Tatum off the Celtics, they don't have that type of record. So I no. think just based off of that alone, I'm going to go with Jason Tatum. But like Max said, I, I love watching Ja. I think he's super entertaining. I think once um, the Grizzlies acquire one more um, piece, wing, wing piece, or at least one player two, where defenses can't all collapse their uh, players into the paint, which happens, which is what happens every time. Um, and some of the times, John Wright just kind of puts it over them. And I think that with his maturity in which, you know, I think he's going in the right direction. Um, he has seen people before him, which is a good thing. I don't think Derek Rose, there was a lot of people like him before. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, that you could compare him to other players, but I think John Morant and Derek Rose are very, are very, very similar. Yeah. Um, so, you know, with, the, I mean, I wouldn't, not specifically with that, but I just have a feeling that in the next coming years, I mean, defenses really have to kind of sacrifice um, to take him away in in terms of, you know, what their defensive scheme is. And if, you know, that's the case, John Moran's going to, if they add another piece, he's going to find somebody on the wing or, you know, he's going to do some, some sort of crazy fake pass, take one step at the, at the, at the block and take off. You know what I mean? He has the, the ability to do that. He has crazy potential, which is why I just, you know, I, that that's why I take him up. All right, so the next guy that I got is DeMar DeRozan. Uh, no, let me take uh, Tatum over that for sure. Tatum, definitely. Um, yeah, I think I'm taking Tatum too. Uh, DeMar, DeMar had a, a great year. Um, he was in the MVP talk. I don't know if he was a serious MVP contender, but he played awesome. Um, that's not – I don't know if that's going to be – I think that might be his peak year. And uh, yeah, I just I'll take Tatum over him. Uh, Demar is a little bit smaller, and Tatum just has a better basketball body for it. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, I'll take Tatum. I think DeRozan, again, played amazing this year, but I think it was more of an anomaly than anything else. And obviously he's had like great years in the past, but he's getting up there in age. And I was honestly kind of surprised. Like this was honestly one of his best seasons and he's like in his mid thirties now. So, I mean, I love DeRozan, but I'm definitely going to take Tatum on that one. Uh, Next one, Kevin Durant. So that's an interesting one, but I'm going to, I think I'm a, I'm going to go Tatum. Tatum with just because of this most recent Eastern conference finals, if we're going to go based off of purely what's going to happen next year and the impact that Tatum versus KD, I think Tatum's going to have more of an impact in court for sure. Uh, I'm going to grab, Oh, I guess this off season makes it a little difficult uh, just in terms of the off court stuff. He might, maybe he doesn't play, but like Kevin Durant is one of the best players of all time. And until he um, doesn't do that consistently where uh, then, then I'll maybe pick against him, but I'm still going to take KD in this one. Yeah, I'm going KD too. I mean, basically the, if you're going off of recency bias of Kevin Durant struggling during the Celtics, I would say Kevin Durant's first round series versus the Celtics is very similar to Tatum's final series versus the Warriors. So I think they're both amazing offensive players, but I mean, we just can't forget what Kevin Durant is when he's fully healthy and he's on the court. He's like basically one of the best scorers of all time. So uh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to go Durant there. So those are all the players that I had for Jason Tatum. Um, Obviously there's a couple that we said we want Tatum for a couple that we said we want somebody else for, where would you guys like rank Tatum overall in the NBA? Uh, if it came to like the players when everyone's like fully healthy, because that is also a debate that I'm seeing. And I, I honestly don't know where I would put them. So what is your guys take on that? I got nothing. Um, I don't, I don't know where to yeah. put him. He's, he's, yeah. it, it's, I think it's he's really a top 10 right player for sure, but I, I, I don't know if he solidified himself as a top five player. I can definitely name a couple superstars right now that there are some people that will say that, you know, he's better than Tatum, but I, you know, like I think Tatum's better than Devin Booker. I think Tatum's better than, you know, guys like DeMar DeRozan. We all said it. Um, You know, uh, I think he's becoming, he's going to end up being better than guys like Durant, but I I mean, you guys said it, Durant's probably a better player right now. Um, But, you know, Tatum definitely is cracking that surface of top ten. Maybe 11 or maybe he's out of the cusp. You can argue that, but um, I don't think he's necessarily that, you know, that superstar, or that guy that he is going to be yet. So. Yeah, I think he's undoubtedly top 15. I think he's arguably top 10. Um, but yeah, like you said, when you start getting into the top five, I mean, there's so many, so many skilled players in the league. I, I feel like it's really hard to put them in yeah, top, top ten. Five. Is still hard to still like even, even top, top ten, 10 yeah, because because when guys are fully healthy, like there's so many guys that maybe haven't played in a while. Where because like, Jokic Kawhi, can be all over that Davis. board for people, Kawhi can be all over that board for people, Anthony Davis, yeah. and it's, LeBron, it's all about personal opinion. Giannis, too, yeah, Embiid. Giannis, Embiid. Oh, so. KD, I mean, yeah. it's there's so like, many stars in the league. So, so many different like Cur- Curry, like where does Curry fall now? Like, is he one? Is he three? Is he yeah. two? And even even guys like Anthony Davis when he's healthy. Like I think Anthony Davis is a top yeah. ten player when he's healthy. I don't think that's a hot take. So like I think he's a, I think he's probably the better premier if he if he's gonna play center on the Lakers, the one of the premier centers in the league for sure. Yeah. Like him and Bede. Um, I mean 
Jokic is a center, but you know, he doesn't. He's got more of an impact in the center. So I don't. It's really like a point think. center. People yeah. consider him just as Jokic. They don't consider him as like a dominant center. Like, oh, it's Nikola Jokic. You know? Yeah. No, so. that's true. So moving on to our next guy, staying with the topic of the Celtics, I have Jalen Brown. So a bunch of guys that we're going to compare to Jalen Brown here. First guy up is Bradley Beal. Um, no, I'm going to say Jalen Brown's better than Bradley Beal. Sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm not very high on Beal. Uh, he's a great player, great shooter, not horrible defender. Um, getting old, issues issues with injuries. Um, for some reason, pretty, he hates winning. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah I his mentality for sure. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm all in on Jalen Brown. Um, the guy with his type of mentality, he's just gonna. He's gonna get better, and I like Jalen Brown better. Yeah, two way player. I like Jalen Brown as well. Like uh, Max mentioned, I mean defensively. Is that's the big one? Um, next up, Jalen Brown or Donovan Mitchell? Jalen Brown again. Deal, still, but, I'd yeah. say it's I, it's the two way uh, play of Jalen Brown. Definitely elevates him over Donovan Mitchell. I mean, if Donovan Mitchell improved his defense a little bit, I would say you know maybe he's there. But uh, I, I don't think that you know one on one. If there was a you know a playoff series for the Jazz versus the Celtics. I, I feel like Jalen Brown would really outshine uh, Donovan Mitchell on the court. Even Donovan Mitchell being that guy for the Jazz, like Jalen Brown's our number two, and he's I think he's way better than Donovan Mitchell. So, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Jalen Brown as well. Donovan, um, he's just not a good defender. Um, he's only he's very small, under undersized. Jalen has a better basketball body, and I mean, a lot of the time it's fit, right? Like maybe. I don't think he wants to be in Utah and maybe he goes over to Miami. He starts becoming a better defender, but yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not too high on Don- Donovan. He's been showing um, a lot of like these scary trends in his game in terms of the shots he takes and stuff like that, that are getting a little, um, he's Bad just going down a, a path. Yeah. He's going down a path where it could get a little rocky with his play style. So I'm, I'm going to take Jalen Brown again. Yeah. No, I'm going to go Jalen Brown as well. I don't have the stats on it, but I mean, something tells me that Jalen Brown is just a lot more efficient than Donovan Mitchell. I mean, you yeah. mentioned Mitchell's uh, shot selection. I, don't, I mean, watching great. him play, there's sometimes where I'm like, what What the heck was that? So I think yeah. Donovan's great. I just think he needs a change of scenery. And um, I, the other thing, too, is like Jalen Brown, we're seeing uh, what he's like as like a number two option behind Tatum because I would, I would say Tatum is one. I mean, it's 1A, 1B, but I would say Tatum's over him. So, like, all of these guys are their focal points of their team, like a Mitchell and a Beal. So the fact that Jalen Brown's able to do this with really being the second guy is, is also super impressive, in my opinion. So uh, next guy up is Chris Middleton. Jalen Brown again. Um, Chris Middleton's obviously a great player, great shooter, um, you know, great two-way player, but he was out this entire the entirety of this uh, past playoff, so – um, I think Jalen Brown really proved himself and kind of cemented him as one of, the, or probably the best two-way guard in the East. So, um, yeah, Jalen Brown for sure. I'm a huge fan of uh, Chris Middleton, but I think I'm going to also take Jalen Brown. Uh, you mentioned just he's getting up there a little bit in age. Um, we don't know how he's going to look coming off that injury. And I think Jalen's a more dynamic player, but Middleton is very, very good and, I wouldn't be surprised if we're wrong on this one and Middleton is better next year, but 
yeah, it's going to be very close, but I'm going to take Jalen. Yeah, this one's the closest one for me. And I personally, I feel like it's more of a fit thing rather than a who's the better player. I think Jalen Brown's the better fit for the Celtics and Middleton's the better fit for the Bucks. And yeah. if you like, if you interchange them, their teams, I, I don't know who you would be saying is better. I think they're both just perfect fits for their team. But overall, better player, like Max said, wouldn't be like completely surprised if Middleton was better next year. But overall, I would have to go with uh, Jalen Brown. So next one up, Zach Levine. Jalen Brown again. You know, it's I'm totally not biased, but still it's, you know, Zach Levine is a great offensive player. It's just he doesn't have that same mentality that Jalen Brown has, that same drive. So um, I'll definitely take him over Zach Levine all day. Levine's really, really good, but he's been derailed with injuries. Um, and just like what team, whatever teams he's been on, he's it's been a little weird. Um, I'm going to take Jalen as well. Jalen's done more so far in his career. He's achieved more, uh, better on the defensive end again than uh, Levine. But Levine has the athleticism and the speed and the vertical ability to get better on defense. We're going off purely dunk contest. Zach Levine yeah. wins. That's, yes, he's the better question. dunker for sure. And he might actually, he might be a better offensive player, but Jalen Brown has him on defense for sure. Yeah. No, I, I like uh, Zach Levine. It's just unfortunate because I feel like he hasn't really gotten a chance to prove himself where it matters most, which is the playoffs. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, this past year is like the first time he's been to the playoffs and he was like injured for a couple of the games, I'm pretty sure. So I just think he hasn't been able to prove himself. Jalen Brown has been to the playoffs and made it deep into the playoffs basically every year since he's been in the league. So I think if it were to be a different situation and both of these guys have like never really been able to showcase themselves in the playoffs. It'd be a different discussion, but because of Jalen Brown showing what he can do on, you know, the important stage, I think it has to go to Jalen Brown. Plus I do think Jalen Brown is the better basketball player. Next one, James Harden. Now this one's interesting. So yeah, this is very interesting. Um, Because I'll take James Harden on this one, surely due to the fact that, um, I understand that he had his he had an atrocious uh, second half of the season, but that doesn't really change the fact that he is one of those guys that like can score at will on, on anybody. I mean, we've seen it before. Um, it and it wasn't very long ago that that's happened. I mean, I would, Jalen Brown is very good. We've explained that he's the, the probably the better he's the better two way player out of the two of them for sure. Um, but surely off of the fact that, you know, personally, I've seen Jalen Brown or not Jalen Brown, uh, James Harden play in person and completely poop on people. I think that he's a better player. Um, I'm taking Brown and to me, I just don't think, uh, Harden's the same player anymore. He's lost that step. And, um, that's something that's really hard to get back. It's like, uh, kind of like the guy that keep saying he's going to get jacked but then he's like 40 and it's a little bit too late you know um <laughs> you 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 he's not in his prime anymore and he he can um you know transition to a different role where he can still be super impactful but he's i don't think you'll ever see um him to where he once was and prime james harden was offensively much better than brown defensively garbage but um yeah i'm just gonna take brown for the in this one for sure i don't i don't know if we'll ever see uh as dynamic scorer um, as James Harden was, was once. Yeah, this one's tough. I don't think 
I mean, unless I'm just forgetting someone, but I don't think we've seen anyone fall off as hard as James Harden has the past like year or two. Cause he, he literally went from Isaiah MVP Thomas. candidate. Russell That's Westbrook. True. But he, but he like wasn't on the court. Like, so he couldn't really. Russell I mean, Westbrook has the really, biggest fall off in my opinion. I think they're yeah. just similar, but like, we're talking like James Harden was MVP candidate. My maybe even like two seasons. Yeah. And now ever since he left the Rockets and I think it's tied to, I don't know. I don't remember if it was a hamstring or a groin. Uh, that he injured in the playoffs. But ever since then, he hasn't been the same. I don't know if that's the reason why. But, I mean, I like James Harden. Hopefully, once he gets a full offseason to kind of heal up, and hopefully he's, instead of going clubbing, he's in the gym and he's working on his fitness. But, yeah, I mean, Harden's just fallen off so hard. And what we saw from him in the playoffs and, uh, you know, during basically all of last year, I definitely have to go Jalen Brown just because if the trend is going to continue, Jalen Brown is the better player than James Harden at this point of their careers. Next guy I have is Shea. Shea Gilgis Alexander. I'll take Jalen Brown again, or for sure. Um, I mean, I haven't really watched a lot of Shea's game, but I've heard that, you know, he's a definitely a young up and coming guard. Um, definitely the star piece on the Thunder right now, but um you know, he's been playing on the Thunder. So that's the only thing I can say. He's been playing yeah. on the Thunder. So I, I, yeah. I'm taking Jalen, and it's only because I don't think it's going to be this year that it happens, but it might be like next year or the year after. Shea's really fucking good, but um, seems like OKC is willing to tank to get uh, Victor Wembanyama, or at least put their name in the stake to get him. So um, for that matter, they did this last year where they actually like, Got rid of, not got rid of him, but they sent him home basically because they were too good. So, or he was too good. Yeah. So, just because of that, um, they're not ready to win yet. They're still trying to. They got a good core. I think they're still looking for Victor, but um, because I'm, I'm going to take Jalen. But don't be surprised if Shea becomes maybe a better player than Jalen because he's basically Magic Johnson. He's like a six eight point guard. So, and he's awesome. I, I love watching Shea play. Yeah, like Tori mentioned, he's on the OKC Thunder. So I I watched him play sometimes, but I guess probably not as much as these other players that are mentioned because they're he's just not. He's on one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, I do like what OKC is doing, though. I think they're they fun have, to watch. Yeah, like even like shout out Chet. It'll be fun to watch the this past, year. Yeah, the past two summer league games, Chet has been good. Giddy's been amazing as well. I like Josh yeah. Giddy. So I think the have Thunder a really good have good core. Yeah, so I think uh, with the next couple years and how much the Thunder have potential to improve. I think Shea can solidify himself as a top player. But like you guys mentioned, I mean, when you're on that bad of a team, it's kind of hard to get yourself in the conversation to be one of the best shooting guards in the league or point guard, whatever he is. So I really like Shea, but yeah, again, I'm going to go Jalen Brown. Last guy that I have, uh, newest Atlanta Hawk, Jashante Murray. Uh, Jalen Brown, for sure. I think Jante Murray is just the worst version of Jalen Brown. Um, they do a, very, a lot of similar things. They can handle, or handle the ball decently well. Um, I think I, well, I think Jante Murray has a little bit better ball handling skills right now than Jalen Brown, but that defense, um, I think Jalen Brown brings a lot more to the table. And just offensively overall, Jalen Brown brings a lot more to the table. So. I really like Jante. Uh, this one's pretty hard for me. I think if he can be – Optimized with Trey, which on paper could work, then maybe he might take it over because um, if Trey begins to pass and not do the same 
play over and over again and the Hawks become better basketball team and offensive uh, or they just have better offensive sets, which they're going to do. I mean, I can't imagine they're looking to lose right now. They want to get back in the playoffs. They got embarrassed by the heat. They got swept. So they need to do something different. So it's, it's hard for me, but I'm, I'm still going to take Brown. But there is there's definitely a world where DeJounte has a better kind of couple stat lines. And um, he's really, really good. But he is like a fringe all-star where Jalen Brown is like a just a, he's going to be an all-star. So uh, yeah. I'll take Jalen Brown. This one's really hard for me, too. I mean, DeJounte Murray damn near averaged a triple-double last year. Um, he did. Great playmaker. He can rebound for a guard, although he's, I mean, he's like, what, six sticks? So, he's like 6'4". Um, oh, it's okay, yeah. But, I mean, he could score the ball. And he also, he led the league in steals. So he's not a bad defender. I don't know, like, I mean, I know some guys, sometimes, like, Curry led the league in steals one year, but you're not going to say he's, like, one of the best defenders. So, But I don't think Murray lacks defensively. Um, and this one's really hard. I'm torn. I'm very interested to see how DeJounte plays next year with a guy like Trey Young, because obviously when you're the only guy on your team, you're going to be able to put up stats. We've seen that in the past. Um, so I think DeJounte just has a little bit more to prove. Um, so therefore, I'd probably just go Jalen Brown. But that one's very close for me. I like both of them. So that's it for Jalen Brown. I Did we say anybody over Jalen Brown? I feel like we said Jalen Brown for all of those. Uh, yeah. The only person that said anything was me, James oh, Harden. Harden, you're right. Kind of yeah. crazy. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so not we, we love Jalen Brown over here, man. I mean, it's hard when you watch a guy just come off the finals. It's hard to yeah. like undervalue him, I think. Very true. Or overvalue. So, I mean, you, you tend to overvalue him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you did play great in the finals, too, so you got to tip your hat. Um, the last guy, we're putting him in the hot seat again, Jalen Brunson. Now, this one's interesting because everyone's talking about, oh, he's now the 14th or something highest paid point guard in the league. I forget what the exact number is. He so is I got a bunch 14th, yeah. So I got a, I got a bunch of guys that uh, we can see who we'd rather take over him. So the first one is newest Celtic, Malcolm Brogdon. I'd still think Brunson over Brogdon. Um, Brogdon's a great player, don't get me wrong, but Brunson is that – you think he's a little more – I would I would say proven. Um, I know that Malcolm Brogdon was in the Bucks for a long time with the uh, with the honest and everything, but uh, Brunson this past season with the Mavericks had a, did a great job. He earned every penny uh, of his contract, so um, I'll take Brunson for this one for sure. Yeah, I'm also taking Brunson. Um, same kind of thing. Brunson went to the Western Conference Finals this year. Uh, he, he he's a great player. Um, I don't think I think people are gonna over or undervalue him because he got paid. But, I mean, that's not a bad sign. I didn't think it was a bad signing for the Knicks. Like, what else are they going to do? And yeah. I like Brunson. I would, given Malcolm Brogdon or, or uh, Jalen Brunson, I, I like Brunson, but maybe Brogdon fits a little bit better with the Celtics and what they're trying to do. But, I mean, other than his size holding him back, like, he's, he's a really good player. Yeah, I think what we saw – when uh, Luca was out the first couple games of the playoffs is hopefully what we get from Brunson when he's on the Knicks and he doesn't have a such a ball dominant player like Luca playing next to him. So uh, just because of that based alone, uh, how good he played when Luca was out, I think I'm going to have to go Jalen Brunson as well. I like Brogdon, but the other thing is he is, I think at this point, it's not, it's not bad to say that he's injury prone. Like he is. So he is. Um, yeah, so that's that's the other thing too. Mal- Malcolm Brogdon could very well miss forty games next year. So, 
with that being said, definitely going to have to go with Jalen Brunson. Uh, the next guy on the list, very interesting, similar to James Harden, Russell Westbrook. Definitely Brunson very. again. Uh, Russell Westbrook is uh, – I am not a fan of Russell Westbrook in the slightest. Um, he, I, yeah, no, I really have no, not a lot to say. Um, I just yeah. – Russell Westbrook has proven he's a bad player, so um, Jalen Brunson just – or flat out play better than the entirety of the season. So, what's annoying about Westbrook is there's a difference between like doing the right thing on the floor, but not being good enough to be successful at that. And then there, and then there's what Westbrook does, which is all he has to do is not shoot and pass better, like do the parts of the game that he does well, play hard defense, get dunks, stuff like that. Instead, he just doesn't. He just does what he wants to do, and that's like the scariest thing about him and i don't know not a not a huge westbrook fan i never i liked him at okc but towards the end even i was i just never like he's so athletic i love that part but i was never really super into him and what he what he was like and his play style so yeah, I'm, yeah. this is an easy one for me brunson's a much better player at this moment yeah uh i mean i'm not here to defend Russell Westbrook. I'm not a big Russell Westbrook guy myself. I do think he gets a little bit more uh, disrespect than he deserves. But similar to Harden, I think he definitely has just taken so many steps back. And a, a guy like him, where he relies so much on his athleticism, when he starts to lose that athleticism, even ever so slightly, it affects his game a lot. And we, we're seeing that right now. So, um, yeah, like the, the similar thing with Harden, if the trend continues of Westbrook just getting worse and worse every year then you have to go with Jalen Brunson who it's almost the opposite Jalen Brunson is getting better and better every year so if we're going off of uh, who do we rather have next year I would go with Jalen Brunson as well next up De'Aaron Fox um I'd still take Jalen Brunson um I know De'Aaron Fox is you know very dynamic athletic player but again he's been playing on the Kings his entire career so I can't really speak much for his uh playoff tenacity or his heart so um Taylor Brunson has showed that he's uh, one of those point guards that will put it all on the floor for you so yeah Jalen Bill Brunson for sure um I don't know this is tough I I think I'm going to take Jalen Brunson I I just I like him a little bit better um just a, maybe a better offensive player um yeah I'm gonna take Jalen yeah uh, I'm going to start the pot. I'm going to take De'Aaron Fox. I think De'Aaron Fox, I mean, I think he averaged like 25 and a half points one year. And so he's shown that he can score the ball. I think him and Sabonis is a good duo. I like uh, what they can do for each other. And I don't know. I just really like De'Aaron Fox. Uh, I think Brunson's wise. a better passer. Do you think he is? I, I think thought, so. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'll, I'll be honest I, with you. I, it's, I, I don't watch a lot of Sacramento Kings basketball. No, especially... that's completely fair. Like they're just really clunky um in how they play. It's not an organization. Like I, I I wish they were good like they were with Stojakovic and Bibby and all that, but yeah. I don't know. I just Chris Webber. Yeah. Agree exactly. So I don't know. I'm I, I'll take Brunson just because I know him a little bit better his game a little bit more. And I like yeah. Fox a lot. Like he's he can get buckets, that's for sure. Um I just think Brunson is maybe an overall just better at or he's just overall better at like more aspects of the game on offense. No, that's valid. Yeah. Well, Fox might Brunson, be a better defender. 
Uh, yeah, probably just uh, length and quickness wise. Yeah, yeah, I would assume. But no, yeah, I think Brunson is just when you watch him play, he just looks so controlled. I think that's the big thing. And uh, yeah, so next guy, Fred Van Fleet. I'm still gonna have to go with Brunson on this one. Um, I mean, I I don't really have a huge argument for why. I just I Jalen Brunson, I feel like is just kind of a better player. Um, I Fred Van Fleet's just like a smaller version of him. I think he could. I think Fred Van Fleet's a little bit of a better shooter. He can shoot in a much higher clip, but that's also due to the fact that he needs to shoot that on the Raptors because they don't have Kawhi anymore. Pascal was injured a lot, so um, still, so I'll take I'll take Brunson again. Yeah, I'm taking Brunson here, but it is very close. Um, well, no, maybe not as close. I think I I'm not. I like Fred Van v- Van Bleet a lot, but. I think he may have peaked in his powers. Um, he's an awesome player, but I don't, I, they're they're very similar players. I just I think Brunson's hasn't quite peaked yet, and I I don't know if um, I don't think either one of those guys is a one on a ch- on a championship team, but they can both be like a two, second or third option, or maybe I, I think they're both more likely third options. But at this point. Brunson seems like a more logical third option on a championship team than uh, than um, Van Vliet does. And I, th- I, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but has Van Vliet had some injuries recently? He was injured in the playoffs, yeah. I think, uh, I don't know how many games he missed, but... Yeah, I'm just a little bit higher on uh, Brunson. Wow, that's interesting to me. I, I really like Van Vliet. I don't, I mean, I'm not like a huge fan, but... I think he's he's a really good scorer. I think playmaking too. I think he uh, he averages a decent amount of assists a game, but um, and also shout out Wichita State. That's where he <laughs> went. Um, I don't know. This one's I, I feel like it's closer for me than it was for you two. I really like Fred Van Fleet. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I'm just I'm really interested to see how Brunson does when he's the guy because when you play with a guy like Luca, it's hard to kind of showcase what you can do. Um, I'm not saying that Luca like doesn't make players around him better, but with a guy like Brunson, I feel like he needed to be ball dominant. Um, so I don't know. I feel like we just haven't really seen that yet. And if we're just going off of like assumptions of what's going to happen on the Knicks next year, then I don't know. I hope he does well. Um, I don't know. I'm leaning Van Fleet to be honest, but I don't know. I think that's just personal preference. But uh, the next guy is D'Angelo Russell. Um, still Jalen Brunson, uh, Daniel Russell is a, um, I mean, and these, this past season, I don't think he played, I think he played probably one of his worst seasons. Um, I haven't really heard much, um, noise about him. So especially in I mean, the Timberwolves aren't really a team that are, is very successful and they brought him in to be successful and that hasn't happened yet. So, um, I'll take Jalen Brunson again. Yeah. I, I don't like, uh, I've never been a fan of D'Angelo Russell's game. Um, just not a really smart player, even like he, it takes a lot for you to not succeed with the warriors. Like the warriors are good at yeah, taking, I mean, you have to be smart to succeed and you, they, they were pretty eager to get him out of there. It's usually a good sign. Um, yeah, he's just, he doesn't show up. I'm not, I'm, I've never really been a big D'Angelo Russell fan and he's, he, my, I feel like he's one of those, uh, good, good stats on a bad team player for the rest of his life and then i mean he's grossly overpaid as well so yeah not a not a d-low fan 
taking Brunson. Yeah. No, I'm taking Brunson as well. I think D'Lo fell off. Uh, and like Max mentioned, I honestly totally forgot he even was on the Warriors because he just didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, and I think he kind of like got, uh, like broke his way into Minnesota because he wanted to play with his friend Cat. And yeah, no offense to Cat, I'm not really a fat. Or I'm saying I'm not really a, a Cat fan either. Me neither. I think his mentality is kind of pretty weak. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to go Jalen Brunson. Not that I think uh, D'Angelo Russell is a bad player, but I just think he's yeah. he's not the player that he used to be. So. Uh, last one, I kind of just threw this one in because uh, the Boston Celtics, but Marcus Smart. This that's one's tough. tough. It's not yeah. so, this one's tough. Um, I'm going to have to go with defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. Um, just that he brings that so much to the table. Um, you know, he that what he brought to the table brought – I think that if he brought that to the Mavericks, they would have been – they would have gone to the finals. They would have, you know – they would have beaten the Warriors. Um, but, you know, I just think that defense that Marquis Smart brings, he still has that, you know, we see it. He's not necessarily the greatest offensive player or greatest point offensive point guard in the league, but he can hit those shots when you need it. Um, and he can take smart shots as well. That's the most important thing. So, Marquis Smart. Yeah. Um, oh, I hate doing this, but I think it is. I think I'm, I got to take Brunson. I think he's just a better basketball player. Like, there's tiers in the NBA of, basketball like basketball players just talent wise um smart like he's doing all there i don't think he'll ever be able to go up out of the tier that he's in which is a good tier he's defense player of the year and that's that's the new he unlocked a new tier this year but i don't think he's getting past this one and brunson to me is just a tier above him um just in obviously smart's the better defender but uh like Smart does a lot of things that I that can win us games, and he does a lot of games or a lot of things throughout the game that just aren't that great. Um, I don't know. The, Brunson's a better basketball player. I think if you put them to play one on one, I think I think Brunson may win. So yeah. yeah, I'll take Brunson. No, yeah, as a Celtics fan, this one uh, is extremely tough, and I don't want to take anything away from Marcus Smart's uh, Defensive Player of the Year, but hypothetically. Uh, we know how good he is as, as a defender. He got the award, which is nice. But if he doesn't get the Defensive Player of the Year award, I think a lot of people uh, regard him a lot lower than he would be if he didn't get that award. Or, I mean, if he did. Um, and, you know, Marcus, I feel like he's just offensively inconsistent. Like, he's either yeah. going to go out there and go two for nine from three or go, like, five of seven. And there's no in between. And I just think Jalen Brunson – Obviously, Marcus Smart's an amazing defender, but Jalen Brunson is just that much better offensively, in my opinion, uh, than Marcus Smart. Like Max said, he does stuff that might even lose his games. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Brunson there. Um, I'll put it this way. If I see on ESPN in the morning that Jalen Brunson scores 35 points in a playoff game, I'm not that surprised. If yeah. I see Marcus Smart scores 35 points in a game, in any game, either playoff game, regular season, whatever, that's very surprising to me. And he doesn't do yeah. that very often. So I, it, I was at the game that he um, ran into Harden twice, and uh, when he played the Rockets, oh, the like, huge comeback. Yeah, and they, um, yeah. he got two straight offensive fouls and single-handedly won us that game. As many times as he's won us games, he's also lost us games. I, I just want to put that out there. As much as I love Smart, there's not slander against him. It's just a fact. If you've watched the games, there are instances where 
now granted this happened a lot more when he was younger like nowadays we're seeing a new marcus smart one that's more mature more understanding but he himself unraveled a little bit in the playoffs and granted he could probably hardly walk because he's so beat up that um is probably a big reason to it but yeah, just Brunson. Brunson's also seems to me a little, like to, he could be a little bit more durable because Smart puts his body on the line every single uh, minute that he's in. Really, yeah, so he's out there yeah. flopping like a fish, so he's gonna get hurt. You know, exactly. every once so, in a while. So I gotta grab Brunson for sure. Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, even if Marcus Smart scores twenty or twenty-five plus, like that's yeah, like, oh my god, he Marcus. That's Smart like an off. eye-popping number for him. No, exactly. So I love Marcus Smart more than the next guy, but yeah, definitely gonna have to go Brunson. Um, that's all the guys I have. Max, thank you for coming. Yeah, it was really fun. Thanks for having me. Definitely want to start talking about, you know, NBA Summer League, and there's going to be more free agency news. So, in the next couple episodes, uh, look out for that type of information. Thank you for Katie, listening, and uh, see you next time.